Welcome to Me and the Geek. I'm me. That's Joel Sharpton. You can follow me on Twitter at The Rogues Life. And every week I discuss uh, something cool with a different geek right here at meandthegeekpod.com. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, stream us straight off the website. You're listening to the second of our pilot episodes as we continue to discuss Spider-Man and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and his entry into it. This week's guest is a buddy of mine named Jamie Worley. He's a video editor uh, and a, a pretty big geek in his own right. We're going to talk to him uh, about his ideas for Spider-Man's entry into the MCU and different ways that the storyline could have gone and may yet still go. Uh, Interesting conversation. Don't forget to uh, listen at the end for ways to feed back to us. Find us online and uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. These fingers crossed paprika burgers. Big day today. Jamie gets his exam results. I hope he's done okay. He's worked so hard. So I'm making my paprika burgers for when he gets home. They were lucky last time. I add red onion and paprika to the mince. Then I top with jalapenos. Well? Make your own burgers with our Tesco finest Aberdeen Angus beef. Food Love Stories, brought to you by Tesco. About in the future. Right now, just sit back and enjoy this week's geek, Jamie Worley on Me and the Geek. Jamie, how you doing, man? Hello. Doing great, doing great. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. So we've we've talked to Kyle Sweeney, and he and I discussed at, at a pretty good length the hows and whys about why the MCU is now back uh, in in charge of the Spidey character. I talked to uh, Matthew Bennett, and he and I talked about uh, his proposition for an older Spider-Man in the MCU, and and even we talked uh, discussed about the different suggestions and rumors that maybe uh, we would see a return of Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield. But you and I had a great discussion as soon as I first mentioned this idea on Facebook, and this idea is the whole reason why I'm doing this show to start with. The idea of Spider-Man back in the hands of Marvel just blew my mind wide open. And I said, I got to talk to my geek buddies about that. It's hard to do in uh, the modern day. Everybody's separated by distance and time. We've all got busy schedules. Jamie, you had some cool ideas about Spider-Man in the MCU. Let's start talking about this first with just your initial reactions when you heard it. It had been rumored for a long time, of course, that this was a possibility. We had seen the emails and the Sony hack and, sure. and all of the innuendo but did you really think it was going to happen? Was it surprise? Was it finally? How did you react? You know, I, I, I kept up with it from day one. I read all the hacked emails. Uh, you know, I, I was on top of it because Spider-Man and Batman are my two number one heroes of all time. Uh, so I, and Marvel's my favorite comic book company. Uh, you know, I love DC and they've got some great stuff, but they've just never really connected with me. Marvel is my go-to. Spidey is the king. You know, I love Deadpool. I love Wolverine. We They're over at Fox. It seems like they're in, going in a good direction. But I have not been happy with what Sony's been doing with Spider-Man. Uh, you know, Spider-Man 3 really just destroyed my life for a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Topher Grace has been um, uh, worst casting. Just a terrible movie. Tried to stuff way too much into it. Good riddance to that. That killed that franchise for me. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man came out. Loved the casting. I was at Comic-Con when Andrew Garfield 
you know, went up to the mic dressed in the Walmart Spider-Man costume and poured his heart and soul out about how much he loved the character, showed a picture that he, the first costume he ever picked for himself for Halloween was Spider-Man, fell in love with the kid, thought this guy's Peter Parker, this is going to be perfect. The first movie came out, was not happy with the Peter Parker portrayal, but I thought they nailed Spider-Man. Second movie came out, uh, that movie was bad. Uh, you know, a, a lot of things happened in that movie, but there was no plot. You know, there were no character arcs. You know, they didn't even say that Harry and Norman Osborn were the Osborns until about 15 minutes after they were introduced on screen. I mean, it was just a bad storytelling, bad movie. I, I could talk for two hours about everything wrong with that movie. One of one of our upcoming episodes, Jamie, is going to be about the Wheel of Time series. I'm going to talk to to Matt Bennett about uh, his love for that book series and why I should pay a little more attention to it. I'm a, I'm a Game of Thrones fan, a, a Song of Fire and Ice fan, and and he says that there's more to be found in the Wheel of Time. But specifically, we're going to talk about too the fact that they they ran this TV pilot, sort of a backdoor thing. Did you hear about this story? You know, I, I read a little bit about it. Uh, so they aired it at like two o'clock in the morning and never told yeah. anybody about it just to keep it, it rights. That's exactly it. it. So there was a date that they had to beat. And so it, it got ran on a network, not really where this would end up eventually. FXX, which is about mostly about comedy. It was run at two or three a.m. in the morning. No promotion whatsoever. Nobody knew about it. Apparently it was all shot in literally one day. And the entire pre to post production was only about 12 days. I mean, it was the definition of a rush job. But that, in a lot of ways, was how The Amazing Spider-Man 2 felt to me. It was, it was like, and, and this is where I wanted to go because you made a great point in there. You, you talked about all of, or some of the missteps, like uh, the, the, terrible use of the Osborns, the like the slapdash introduction of effectively every potential future villain for Spider-Man at the end, all the, the different things that they crammed into that. What was it, the bare bones of this new theoretical trilogy was actually pretty solid. You, Gwen Stacy cast so well. Uh, as you said, Spider-Man cast so well. Now, I got issues with Andrew Garfield. I think he's too much of a pretty boy, and, and I've made that argument before. Right, um, and I agree. Peter Parker is not he he's not a cool guy, you know, and, and, and he was way too cool. Like, you know, skateboarding around and, and being like, he was just way too super cool. Sneaking into uh, the intern program. Like, that's not anything Peter Parker could have really pulled off. Like the Peter Parker that I know, you know? It, yeah, exactly. So, but look at the two directions that, the companies took. And now we're talking about Sony with Spider-Man and uh, 20th Century Fox or 21st Century Fox or 31st Century Fox or whatever they are now with the X-Men series, both of them reacting to the gigantic success of the Avengers. And then to me, I think even more than the Avengers, because everybody expected that to blow up. But when the Avengers was followed with Iron Man 3, which had been very successful, but the third movie with the extra push of the franchise connecting to that gigantic event and were there going to be, you know, further uh, events that uh, were there going to be cameos, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, what, what was the post credit uh, scene going to be? All of the excitement that surrounded Iron Man three because of the proximity to the Avengers and the fact that the totals went over a billion. I think that immediately made 20th Century Fox and Sony say, we have to do this. We have to do this now. 20th Century Fox did it 
mostly pretty well. They did it the Days of Future Past style. They said, look, we got two casts full of X-Men that most people like, in fact. Even if they don't like our movies, they like these actors in these roles. Let's just make sure that we get them all on screen together. Now, there's lots of things that I thought were terrible about Days of Future Past, but largely that goal was succeeded at, and because of it, they were rewarded. It was a big, it was a fairly uh, well-held critical success, and it made a lot of money. On the flip side, the the Amazing Spider-Man film says, we've got to set up this Avengers universe, and literally all they did was put all the pieces on the board. It's exactly what you said. They didn't explain any of them. They didn't create character connections. We didn't, we don't get introduced or care about Felicia Hardy or understand that she might could be the black cat someday. We don't get introduced to uh, the Osbournes in any way that matters. These characters are used up and thrown away. Even the Rhino, uh, you know, that, that gigantic uh, introduction there, which could have been so much more, he's a joke. And the thing in the previews, they built it up like you're going to see this huge fight with him and the rhino mech and this and that. And it's the last five seconds in the movie and you see nothing like you see exactly what was in the preview. So the interesting the interesting question long term will be since the X-Men series sort of succeeded at trying to pull off this. Avengers feet. And we think now we're going to get a connected Deadpool movie and a connected Gambit movie and new Wolverine movies and, and further expansion of the first class, uh, cast. And then maybe even some new appearances from the original uh, cast as well. Uh, if you listen to the rumors of, uh, Patrick Stewart recently, right. But they, however, are not brought back into the fold and therefore going to benefit from the gigantic money machine that is Disney. Whereas Sony, failed and yet you gotta believe the next spider-man movie makes a billion dollars right oh it's got i mean when they tease whatever they're gonna do in civil war here's the thing apparently based on those emails the russos wrote a draft of civil war with spider-man like that script already exists they're not gonna start shooting until april like they have time to get everything worked out. They have time to cast somebody. And and it's because these guys at Marvel, even when they didn't know they had the rights, they went ahead and because they had the story that they knew they wanted to tell, they wrote it anyway. And that's the thing is that the guys who are making the films at Marvel Studios are storytellers. They're not f- movie makers, in my opinion. You know, they want to tell a good story. Sure, like they're making amazing films. You know, The Winter Soldier was a great spy thriller if you took all the superheroes out of it. If you removed every reference to Marvel Comics and made all those people just normal people, that still would have been an amazing movie. So they're telling great stories that just happen to be about superheroes. And they're going to do that with Peter Parker. They've already got plans. They've been thinking about it. Just They're fanboys just like we are. Absolutely. So that leads us to the real question of our episode today. What do you do with Spider-Man now that he's back in the MCU? First of all, let's talk about where are they going to introduce him. Uh, I discussed with Kyle and Matt, I think both, the interesting thing to me about the character of Spider-Man is you can have the character introduced into the MCU through television or earlier movies without actually having an actor cast. You don't have to ever see Peter Parker. You can see Spider-Man swinging through the city. You can see him in headlines. You can see him in news stories. Uh, it could even be a whole episode or a, or a storyline worth of episodes of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, TV series next season without ever actually having an actor on contract. 
Right, and then you've got all your street-level New York heroes in the Netflix series that he could easily cameo or be mentioned, uh, you know, before his movie comes out. Well, the the first solo movie's in 2017. Yes. And then uh, Civil War will be 2016. So, I mean, you you know, yeah, they've got plenty of time to put their little seeds in and little Easter eggs. So, the the for people who don't know, this, the Civil War storyline as presented in the comics pits Iron Man and a group of superheroes against Captain America and a group of superheroes against the basic question of whether or not superheroes in general should have to register with their respective governments or governmental agencies. You know, this is effectively a ripoff of the X-Men story that we've already seen in movies before, but because of the extended character roster that you had available um, when you brought it to the broader Marvel universe, it made for a few interesting storylines. One big key moment, and I'm sorry I'm going to spoil it for you, but if you haven't followed it now, I'm assuming you don't want to go out and pick up the trade paperback. One big moment is the reveal of Spider-Man's secret identity. Uh, you know, he's he has a press conference. He takes off the mask. He says, I am Peter Parker, and I've been Spider-Man since I was 15. Now, Every bit of rumors uh, say that, yes, we're going to get Peter Parker in the MCU, not Miles Morales, or at least not now, but we are going to get a younger Peter Parker. So to me, even if he's already established as Spider-Man and he's already been Spider-Manning, so to speak, I, I, that, that reveal can't ring true if the first time we see him in the MCU with any longevity, uh, with any... Um, you know, importance really is in civil war. Am I wrong? Am I missing something? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, they, they've got to build a character up somehow, but I don't think that, I don't think that Spider-Man's role is going to be the whole unmasking, you know, revealing his secret identity thing. Secret identities have not been a huge deal in the Marvel cinematic universe to this point. Uh, you know, pretty much everybody knows Tony Stark's Iron Man, Steve Rogers is Captain America. They rarely even call Black Widow or Hawkeye by their comic book names. They call them Natasha and Clint. Which which always makes me angry since they're secrets they're they're spies. They're secret agents. It's the same thing as James Bond, though, I suppose. He walks around introducing himself to everyone, uh and, and repeating his second name twice so they make sure to remember it, I guess. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, so I, I think it'll be something else. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something to the effect of, uh, you know, maybe there is a growing number of uh, heroes, uh, you know, uh, that's obvious. By that time, you know, the Daredevil series will have, have been on as well. So maybe they're, they're, they're forming their teams. Maybe Captain America or Tony Stark approach Spider-Man and then they realize that he's just a kid. Because nobody knows, you know, if he, he's keeping off the radar. And my hope is that they're going to have J. Jonah Jameson demonizing him to the public. Like, is is he really helping or is he causing some of these things? They can do a lot with that. But how much can it lead up to before the Civil War? You know, I'm leaving it up to them. If they've got a if they if they say they've got a good story, they've got a really good track record. So I. If they've got a great idea, I bet I'm going to like it. And if I don't, 
then I'll move on just like I did with the Mandarin thing in Iron Man 3. Or you'll wait until they fix it uh, like they did in the one shot, right? With a yeah. one shot. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if they'll stick with that one shot thing, but it did. It, it made me feel a little bit better about it. But here's here's what I, I uh, will take a quick divergence there. I, I do think they will stick with the one shot. And I think one of the reasons they will is because they do not have. I mean, they do have a gigantic roster of villains, and many of those villains could potentially be great villains. But they have very, very few villains with a great brand awareness. Uh, you know, almost all of the classic villains that normal people know about are over in the DC world. And so I, I think that Kevin Feige kind of understands that. It's one of the reasons why I think it's just a matter of time until Red Skull returns. And the actor may be different because that's, that's all a lot of makeup and prosthesis anyway. And the comic books have a long history of, of, uh, Red Skull changing his form or jumping bodies even. So. Well, and we've already had two replacement actors in the MCU for major roles. So, I mean, people are, are going to be okay with it. Yes. Yes. But I, I definitely think there is a desire to, I think we'll see abomination again one day. I think, I think all of those villains have been planted. And, and I think that is one of the reasons why Feige was so interested in Spider-Man, Spider-Man himself, the MCU didn't need. I've, I've read a lot of articles that say that over the years and they say, Oh, you know, it was great because the MCU was built because they took these quote unquote, you know, B grade heroes and turned them into a listers to me the thing that Spider-Man and the return of these rights or the sharing of these rights, what that does is it is it, a, it gives you access to all of those tertiary characters, that whole world that surrounds Spider-Man specifically that interacts with the other characters and gives the MCU overall a more lifelike and lived-in feel. That's the thing that I always liked about Marvel Comics. I love the fact that everywhere you go, J. Jonah Jameson is preaching the fact that vigilantes shouldn't be out there saving people and, and fighting bad guys. And that's not just about Spider-Man. J. Jonah Jameson's got a Jones against all of these guys, you know? And and I, I want to see him. Daredevil's already in the can. That one's, uh, you know, about to premiere. So I don't think there's any hope of any Spider-Man references in that. But AKA Jessica Jones is filming as we speak. I don't think it would be a bad idea to start planning a few scenes where you see or hear or read a headline of J. Jonah Jameson in the Daily Planet talking it was not the Daily Planet, the Daily Bugle. There you go, right. switching universes. <laughs> the Daily Bugle, you know, talking about the danger of these quote unquote superheroes or or, or super quote unquote heroes. Well, and I think that'll tie in really well with uh with the Civil War as well. You know, you, you build the first five minutes of that movie, just have it be J. Jonah Jameson talking about how heroes are bad news ever since look at what Tony Stark did. He created this Ultron, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know what's going to happen in Age of Ultron. That's it's just speculation. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a ton of places they could go with it. And there's a ton of ways that they can make it seem like Spider-Man's been a around a while before Civil War comes out. They got a ton of real estate between now and then. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we got an in, an in credit stinger on Age of Ultron because they filmed the shawarma scene at the premiere of Avengers. Yes, I strongly agree. And again, they don't even have to have the guy cast, although that makes a good transition to what I wanted to talk to you about next. And and we are going to wrap up here a, a pretty quickly. I want to thank Jamie Worley for, for joining us this week on Me and the Geek. But 
specifically casting. I've said before, there's nobody better than Disney that's qualified to cast a uh, young, you know, teenage, early 20s uh, actor with a lot of talent and promise as a potential A-lister. But do you have any ideas or any, uh, you know, sweet spots in your own heart for the new Spider-Man? You know, there's a lot of people throwing around. I think his name's Logan Lerman. Uh, he yeah, was from Fury. Fury. He was great in that movie. He's a great actor. I think I would be okay with him. The other kid that they seem to be talking about a lot, uh, he was in the movie Maze Runner, which I saw. I do not remember his name. Uh, Dylan something, maybe. Uh, not crazy about him. Not sure how I feel about that. My personal pick, uh, if you've seen Ender's Game, Asa Butterfield, like this kid is Peter Parker. He Was he Ender? He was Ender, yes. Yes, I, I I have not seen the film, but I know the I know the look, and I could get behind that a hundred percent. I you know I want I the the scene that I want to take place, Jamie, the scene that I most want to take place with Spider Man, uh, other than maybe uh, I I really want the first introduction of a MCU character into the Spider Man movie to be Agent Coulson. I so badly want him to show up, but maybe that's just because I have kids and I watch the Ultimate Spider Man cartoon. Right, right, but. I really want to see the scene where Bruce Banner and Tony Stark are arguing over the solution to a particular problem. And just quietly, the uh, tiny little Peter Parker struts up to the machine, twists a couple of knobs and says, fellas, you just didn't have the insert jargon here attenuated properly, you know? Right, and, right. And then the two of them are just standing there and without a witticism to reply because they've both been stumped. I, I want another member of the science bros. You know, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be great. The only person they're missing is uh, Reed, but we'll never get him. So, Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I it, it hurts my heart to know that the real Illuminati will never be shown on the MCU. You'll never have Xavier and Namor and Reed alongside Tony and Black Panther. You know, that's, I want those guys all in the room deciding the fates of the whole universe. But since I can't have that, since I can't have Reed and Tony Stark bickering, I think Peter Parker's a pretty good solution. Yeah. And I mean, I think that would be a great way to introduce him into a uh, civil war, you know, uh, you know, that way you get him in the classic costume, you put him in the Iron Man, uh, Iron Spider costume for a little while. He kind of sees maybe Tony's gone a little bit off the rocker, and then he gets to switch sides and go with Cap. I mean, there, that, the whole movie's right there, you know. Of course he wants to go follow Iron Man. He's a scientist. He's an inventor. That's everything that Peter loves. First he follows Iron Man, and then he sees, like, maybe I don't really totally agree what's going on here. And maybe I need to switch sides. You know, there's a million different ways they could do it. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. I think we'll all be guessing until the day it comes out. Boy, that's a pretty good place to, to wrap things up right there, too. Jamie, I appreciate you guessing with me today on Me and the Geek. You and I are going to be talking again soon. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, Daredevil, both the original uh, film with Ben Affleck from the, uh, when was that, the late 90s, the early 2000s? I don't know. It had a lot of evanescence in it, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll also be talking about it and mostly be discussing the upcoming Netflix series, our expectations and hopes for that series, and what it might mean for the future of a more mature, potentially, um, at least, neighborhood of the mcu right tell everybody where they can find you online if uh, they want to uh you know bother you or uh, just hear more from you uh whirly bird media on twitter so at whirly bird media and uh you know uh, whirly beard b-e-a-r-d whirly beard on instagram 
if you're into that. I don't post a whole lot, but uh, you know, when I do, hopefully you'll enjoy it. There you go. All right. Uh, thanks so much, Jamie. Oh, man, that was a lot of fun. Jamie Worley discussing Spider-Man and the MCU here on meandthegeekpod.com. Hey, I want to remind you that you can feed back to us on Facebook or Twitter. Just search for Me and the Geek. You can also email us, meandthegeek at teamprocreate.com, especially if you've got a topic idea you'd like us to discuss in the future. Uh, don't forget, as we wrap up our pilot episodes, we're getting ready for our regular uh, launch to start soon, and then you're going to hear a lot of fun stuff. Uh, our first few episodes are going to cover topics like Saturday Night Live and their 40th anniversary. We're going to be talking to a geeky preacher and how he brings multimedia and social media into the pulpit and into his ministry. We're also going to be talking about Dungeons and Dragons with uh, a theater professor buddy of mine. So lots of fun stuff just in the initial launch of this show. I've got big plans, though, for me and the geekpod.com, and I want you to be part of them. So join us online. Send us a, a review in iTunes or on Stitcher if you enjoyed the show, and tell your friends about me and the geek. Until next week, I'm me, Joel Sharpton. Find me at, at The Rogue's Life on Twitter. This week's geek was Jamie Worley, and this has been the podcast. One, two, three, four, woo! Me and the Geek is a proud member of the Procast Network, a Procreate production. Procreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. Also, be sure to check out one of our other great shows, like Movie Buzzed. The Movie Buzzed podcast is exactly what it sounds like. It's a place for friends to get together, watch a good movie, and catch a good buzz. Every episode, your host, Zach, will be joined by a special guest, or five, to have some fun. Movie Buzzed is where you'll find your friends and a good buzz waiting for you. These fingers crossed paprika burgers. Big day today. Jamie gets his exam results. I hope he's done okay. He's worked so hard. So I'm making my paprika burgers for when he gets home. They were lucky last time. I add red onion and paprika to the mince. Then I top with jalapenos. Well? Make your own burgers with our Tesco finest Aberdeen Angus beef. Food Love Stories, brought to you by Tesco. Hello? Hi, it's Helen from the Dry Cleaners here. We found something in the pocket of the trousers you brought in. Oh, really? What was it? Another pair of trousers. Oh, how'd that happen? Like getting your money's worth? Enjoy the delicious spicy chicken snack wrap. Just one forty nine from the McDonald's saver menu. <laughs> Served after 10.30am, except in selected restaurants, which will serve this from 11am. Price and participation may vary.